Welcome to the Better Than I Found It podcast. This is Mike McGraw, the men's golf coach at Baylor University and your host. Today's special guest is former Oklahoma State golfer Brad Gale. Brad, who came to OSU as a true walk-on, has played professional golf since 2013 and currently has status on both the PGA Tour China and Latino America Tours. Brad's journey mirrors that of many young professionals struggling to make it on developmental tours. He talks about the ups and downs and the struggles, and even a stint as an outside operations man or a cart boy, if you will, at a local golf course to make ends meet. This type of competitive golf, as many of you know, requires persistence, faith, and and really a heavy dose of selfishness in order to survive. But Brad shows, through his initiative called The Hangry Project, that giving back to your community can be just as satisfying as winning tournaments or gaining status. I think you'll love hearing from Brad. Thank you and enjoy the listening. Brad Gale, welcome to the Better Than I Found It podcast. Thanks for coming on today. Excited to be here, coach. That's great. How's the, how's the weather down there, West Palm Beach? I'll tell you, it, it honestly has been one of the better winters. I've been here seven years now, and it's been so good this this year. It's That's been great. Awesome. We've had a little bit of a rough stretch, a couple of cold days. Actually, had a snowfall in Waco, which was really rare. Really? I, yeah, very surprised. You get but, the same ice that they do in Oklahoma? Uh, no, nothing like what I experienced <laughs> up there. <laughs> nothing yeah. like that. But so what I'd like to do today is uh, this to me is going to be a very special uh episode because of what we're going to talk about a little later, a project that you've started. But I don't want to get to that yet because I want to kind of take people through your journey uh, from basically the time I met you to to now. And uh, the, the when I met you, it was in recruiting. So I'll, I'll give the backdrop of this because yours was the most unusual recruiting situation I've ever been through. Would you agree? Oh, I would agree. It was the only one I went through. Put it well, that it was way. the only one you went through, pretty much. Yeah. But I do remember uh, being at the Trusted Choice Big Eye Championship at the Country Club in North Carolina. So it was August of 08. And I guess that would have been the August before your senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. You weren't being recruited heavily by anybody. You were at Cathedral High School in Indianapolis, probably – two or three men on that team. You had a good team. Now they were good players. Of the three men. Yep. Oh, three men. Okay. And um, so I'd never heard of you. Yep. And at the trusted choice, big guy, I would always stand on the 10th tee at the practice round because every player that played in the practice round got to hit three shots. So I would get to video or see three shots in a row. And, and then I got to hear from the starter there, how far those balls traveled because it was a kind of a qualifying for the long drive, which would be later in the week. Yep. So there he went. I, I didn't know you, and I'm just standing there minding my own business. And this kid walks up to me and doesn't slam his bag down, but puts his bag down pretty pretty strongly. And it was you. And you you made eye contact with me, said, hello, coach. And you went over and you just one, two, three, hit three bombs out there. All three hit the fairway, by the way. And the third one, the the ranger out there uh, radioed back and said, yeah, that one went 316. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to circle that. 316, he was only five foot seven, a, a buck 10 at, at most at the time. 
So that got my attention. Do you remember that little oh, first yeah. time you no, saw me? I, I remember it. There's a bunker on the right, and I think I like hooked it off of it. Like I'll yeah. never it was like kind of built up on the right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, I remember it. You were getting the most out of that shot for sure. But so I circled your name and I thought, I'll watch that young man at some point during the week. Mm -hmm. Well, I looked on the pairing sheet and you were early on the tee times the next day, one of the first groups out. So I went out, watched your group several holes, and I think you made four birdies in a five-hole stretch. So that was good. And I thought, okay, he's pretty good. He's got a lot of speed for a small guy. And, you know, he showed off when I walked those holes with him. And so the afternoon wave all teed off. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go out and watch the afternoon wave now after I'd watched one and 10 T, which were right next to each other. Uh, and I'm walking down one fairway and I look to my right where the range T was at the other end of the range. And there's one kid out there. I thought, oh, okay, I'll go over and see who that is. Somebody's practicing. And it was you. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hmm, what? that kid played 18 holes this morning, played pretty well. He's out here. It's 104 degrees. He's the only one on the range tee. What's he doing? And I thought, okay, I'll just watch him hit a few balls. Now I'm going to let you describe this range session, if you will. <laughs> go ahead. Well, yeah, you got, a pretty, you got it on the – pretty much how it went down I mean uh, I, I played 18 in the morning and I think the I, I really I hit 17 greens that morning and for some reason or another I wanted to I wanted to go hit some balls because I, I didn't like a four iron or something and so yeah I just went out and I was going to hit some balls and I think within like 20 minutes of me hitting you came and and I mean you sat down it was not 10 feet behind me and didn't say a word like not just, one word and and I, and I turn around and I see the hat and I see the Swing and Pete logo. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Because at that time, I wasn't, a, I wasn't really a, a good player, but I could hit a golf ball. And that was what I was confident in. I'm like, I can hit a golf ball. And I said, all right, well, if coach is going to sit there and watch, I'm going to hit everything, every single shot I could possibly think of. And, and I did. And I, and I, in, in my mind, when, when you first sat down, I'm like, this is maybe the only opportunity I will ever have to hit balls in front of the Oklahoma State golf coach. It was a myth until then. I'd never, I'd never seen an Oklahoma State player. I just heard about Ricky Fowler and the program and, and being from Indiana, you hear about Bo Van Pelt, but it didn't exist until you sat right behind me. And I hit every shot I could think of for, for two and a half hours. Well, and, and so without taking an hour to talk about the, the recruiting process was very unusual because you yeah. started calling me after that yeah. every Sunday evening. And I got to the point where I would walk the dogs on Sunday evening. So I, <laughs> because I didn't want Pam to think, why is he taking another, but you were very interesting talk on the phone. You could talk on the phone very, very well. And yeah. You know, not too long, you had talked me into taking a visit to Stillwater. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how that happened because you were number three men on your high school golf team. Really had never done anything. And we didn't yeah. need just another player. But, yeah. but that particular year, I was no, I had no scholarship. So I was going to be looking for somebody who would walk on. Yeah. And it, as it turns out, you did. And Kevin Doherty mm -hmm. uh, walked on. And that's two pretty good freshman walk-ons, yeah. as it turns yeah. out. But anyway, at the time, we didn't know that. So anyway, you come on this visit in November, I believe, mm -hmm. have a great visit. And I'd already decided from everything I'd learned about you talking to Tony Pancake at yeah. uh, Crooked Stick and talking to uh, Jim Farrell, your instructor, uh, talking to just people that knew you, that 
you know, he's pretty intense competitor. I think he would be a great walk-on, be awesome. But I didn't tell you until on the way to the airport on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. I know. I and know. You, re you remember that quite well, I'm sure. Yeah, I do. It changed my life. Well, that that was it actually changed mine as well. But so we're in the car and you're pretty emotional. Your mom's real emotional. It's like, wow, this is really going to happen. And by the way, your mom was a great player herself. She played college golf on some great San, teams. San Jose State. Yeah. 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 So, um, so she understood what good golf was. She also understood what this opportunity would be for you. Mm -hmm. And so you're excited. It, it's a great moment for all of us as I'm taking you to the airport to send you back home to Indianapolis. And I said, Brad, tell me something. When you were hitting those balls for three hours at 104 degrees after you shot a great round that morning, why in the world were you doing that? And he said, you, we, I said, why would you hit balls like for that yeah. long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned an interaction you had with your mom during that practice session. Tell me about that. She goes, she came up to me like, like 45 minutes into it. It wasn't in the middle. It was like kind of on the early end. She's like, she's like, what are you doing? She's like, you're going to exhaust yourself. She's like, you, you've already played. You're going to be tired. You have to play tomorrow. And I go, mom, I'm not leaving until he leaves. <laughs> I'm not, because it's, as I said, until then, Oklahoma State was just this on a pedestal program that I would never be able to uh, be in the conversation with. And, and that was my one opportunity to show the coach what I could do. And and for some reason, I I, I just kept hitting and then I followed up and it was um, and following up was calling you every Sunday. And it's all you can do sometimes. And it worked out. And change well, my life for the better. I'm going to tell you this in life there's not there's very few really great opportunities that come along and you have to seize them and I think there's a there's a huge value in somebody that understands that and at the very moment you understood I'm not getting this opportunity again yeah I'm gonna do something with it and I was pretty mesmerized because you were hitting these high bomb long high hard cuts and then you hit a big draw and then you just started messing around and I know what you were doing you were trying to show off Yep. But you seized opportunity. And as it turned out, it got you that opportunity to come to Oklahoma State. So so we go through the rest of your senior year. Uh, you're excited. We're excited to have you coming. Kevin Doherty, who was a good friend of Ricky Fowler's in California. So I got these two walk ons coming from halfway across the country. Yeah. Uh, and let's talk about your experience at OSU, because yeah. I mean, you let me just say this. You had some pretty good teammates. Future tour players, you had Kevin Tway, Morgan Hoffman, Peter Uline, Taylor Gooch, Jordan Ebrugge, Wyndham Clark. You played at some point with all of those guys yeah. on the team. That's a lot of PGA Tour players around you. So let's just talk about your experience at OSU. Well, it, when, you know, I'd never been exposed to players like that because I didn't play AJGA golf. So on the upfront, it was intimidating for sure. I mean, and it was the whole program's intimidating as it should be. And, you know, my experience at Oklahoma State front to back was just, I, I like to, I always like to say this example, and I, I think it's a, a Bible reference is iron sharpening iron. Mm -hmm. And it, it really, it really was just that I, I knew I could work hard. I knew I was, I, I had some grit and I got thrown into a, a place that that's all you were doing was getting better every day. You were trying to sharpen your sword and trying to be the best player you could be. And, and I had, 
I mean, it, I wasn't perfect. I had so far to go on the maturity level of things and the time management level of things, the detail orientedness of what it takes to be a good player. Like it was, I mean, for a lack of a better word, I got my butt kicked for a <laughs> lot of it. So I really did. It, but, I, I, you know, there's things that have happened in my life. Like I've been out of college uh, seven or eight years now. There, there's things that have happened that in, in situations that I've been in that were less intimidating because of my experience at Oklahoma State. I, when I got my trainer that I have now, Colby, I said, the first workout, he goes, what do you want to do? I said, Colby, there is nothing. There's no workout that you could give me that was as hard as what I had at Oklahoma State when I had to do a gauntlet and then run stadiums and then lift. I go, so do whatever you want. I go, let's get to work. And there's just things like that. And, and it's just, it's the truth. There was no harder workout than I ever had than when Morgan Hoffman took me when I was a freshman to run stadiums. And I, you know, I puked. I puked after four of them. And at the end of my tenure at Oklahoma State, I could run 20. And like, it was, there's just things like that that I, I think about when I reflect back on my time at Oklahoma State, it just made me tougher. And it made me, um, you know, understand the importance of, you know, what the Oklahoma State family is and the responsi responsibility of being an alumni there and just all, all the things that is, is what makes the program special. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm always what, what it is, what it boils down to is I'm always proud when people ask me where I played, you know, and, and that I was under you there and, and that we had, cause we had friction and, and it was like, it made, it made into this relationship that you and I have now. That's just, it's strong, it runs deep. Well, I will say this, we did have friction. You and I did, and that's okay. Uh, I, I've had friction with a lot of players through the years. I'm not for everybody. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And Yes, you were just a little bit on the immature side, so there was going to be some natural friction, and you spent your fair share of time up on that gauntlet, that Stairmaster. <laughs> <laughs> had your number there for a while. Oh, uh, so bad. But I do think we're closer because of that time together, and yeah. I never gave up on you. I never um, – and, and I'm going to say this, just to have it on the record here on a podcast. Yeah, we had friction, you and I did. But there wasn't one single time in the four years you played for me that yeah. I felt a lack of respect from you. I felt some frustration from you. I felt some anger, sometimes resentment, bitterness, whatever, but never lack of respect. And I, that's a great lesson for every student athlete to learn. You can be upset with your coach, mm -hmm. uh, but he's only trying to do, he or she is only trying to do what's best for you. It really, at least what they yeah. think. It's funny you say that because that's the word that was coming in my head the respect that I had for how tough you were on, on, it was the details because they're important. I mean, they really, they really are. And it's something you don't learn until you have responsibility in your life on how important it is to take care of the little things. And now, you know, with, with what I'm doing now in my life, I have responsibilities that not just for myself, but for my future family, for, for the, the hangry family that I have um, that we'll talk about later. And like, it's the lessons, you know, the lessons that I learned at Oklahoma State through you were tough, but man, they were, you're right. It, the, the respect was always there because I just kind of knew I was like, that you wanted the best for me. And that was what the whole recruiting process was. I was like, no matter what, if I go to Oklahoma State, it might be tough, 
but I'm going to come out of it on the other side, a better person, better player. And, you know, with a little bit thicker skin. So I don't want anything for any player uh, above and beyond that. Everything else is just a bonus. Mm -hmm. If a kid can come out of college stronger, tougher, more resilient, more disciplined, if he can come out of there with that, then we've probably done our job. And it makes you a better golfer, too. Makes you a better golfer. So but but let's say we could go three or four podcasts worth on the experiences at OSU. Oh, at least. At least I know. That's <laughs> we'll, we'll, I was we'll like, which, which part of Oakland, what, what part of my journey should we talk about? Because it was a journey. Oh, it was definitely <laughs> a journey. But I am say, proud to say I was your coach, still your coach, because we still have a great relationship. But let's talk a little bit about professional golf. Yeah. Most of which has happened without me being around. Only text messaging, phone calls occasionally but I've watched as you've played pro golf, just talk about the struggle, the journey, everything you've been through. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll run through it pretty quick. You know, when I, when I first left Oklahoma state, I called, I called an agent um, who I'd met through uh, another player. And I said, I want to be a pro golfer. And he goes, well, you're the eighth man on the team. (laughs) You know what? That's so funny. He's calling me right now (laughs) and I'm going to ignore him, but (laughs) um. But that's that's so funny how that works. So I called him. I called him, and he goes, "Well, you're eighth man on the team." He goes, "You stink." He's <laughs> like, "You need to get a job." I said, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "You stink. You can't beat anybody." I'm like, well, that's not very nice. But again, I didn't really care because I respected this guy's opinion. I said, "Okay, what do I need to do?" He goes, "We well, need to get a job, and if you want to play pro golf, get a job in South Florida, working at a golf course that lets you practice." I said, "All right." So I went to the Dive Preserve down here in, in Jupiter, and I, I think I lived on Ricky's couch for a little bit, um, just found wherever I could stay. Um, and I picked range balls and I cleaned carts for two years. And the first year, I went to Q school, and I missed pre-Q. I mean, I didn't even get it. I didn't even go to Q school. I just missed. I just went up to Ar- or Nebraska, shot a million, and went back to cleaning carts. And I hated it because it was the first time that I'd really had to like have a work schedule because I've been playing golf. I've been on the lucky side of things where I could go to a golf course and, and practice and have that be my discipline or my job. And, and then I, uh, you know, I had to get back to it. And it was like, I had this whole year just to work and just, and, and I, and, and, and the agent that I talked with really counseled me throughout the whole time. And, and he was on me so hard to be I mean he'd call me at like five in the morning what are you doing I'm like I'm sleeping he's like get to work and it was the time management that I really kind of I wouldn't say I didn't ignore it at Oklahoma State because you had to be on time but I didn't have somebody telling me I had to be on time that was pro golf the first lesson I learned is is nobody's telling me what to do I could do whatever I want but if I really am serious about this it's time to get to work and so anyway, I, I missed pre-Q the first year. And then the second year, I got all the way to final stage. And I didn't even know that you got Corn Ferry or web status. If you got to final stage, I had no idea. I shot in the one of the worst conditions on the last day. I shot the best round in second stage. I, I never forget it. I snap hooked my drive in the water on the last hole, still made bogey. And I, I moved up like 10 spots, got in clean. Went to final stage and I played fine and I had a bad, I think it was a fifth round. It's funny because Q school is only four rounds in the final stage now, but I had a bad fifth round and I got some status and I played in a web event, which was cool. And um, it got me some status on the Latin American tour. And that summer I shot 22 under in Mexico. 
and I finished second in a Latin event where I really thought I could have won. And um, it gave me a lot of confidence. And at that time, man, it was sun up to sundown. Like nobody was working harder than me and, and it was great. And then, um, so I played, I played mostly on what was called the Latin American tour. Um, and I think in this time between, and that was 2015 when I had that web status and then 2016 and 2017 happened. And I think in my mind, what happened was I was in Jupiter, Florida and I got a little too comfortable. I really did because I didn't have to work at the, the dive preserve anymore. I didn't have to pick range balls. I could just focus on my golf and my, my scores reflected that. And I think I finished, you know, 25th on the money list one year, 19th. And then, but one year, I think it was 2018 I finished like 60th or so. I like barely kept my status on the Latin American tour and it was terrible. And I kind of sat back and I realized that some things needed to change. And I was a little too comfortable. And I kind of got back in that mindset that when I first moved to Jupiter, um, the work ethic that I had and the discipline that I had and the responsibility I have of showing up to pick range balls and, and open up the cart barn. And I made the decision to go play in uh, PJ Tour China because I heard the golf courses were narrow. That was really like my first indicator because I could, I could drive a golf ball. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I went over there for Q school and I finished fourth. And, and what I felt by going over there was a level of responsibility because one, it's expensive. And two, it's a long way from Indiana and it's a long, long way from home. And it felt like a responsibility to get up and do something different. Everybody was doing the candidate thing. Everybody was doing the Latin thing. And I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta mix this up. So I went over there and I finished fourth and I had status in South America and in and, and China. And I decided to go the China route. And I had the best year of pro golf that I had. I finished 15th on the money list over there and, and they ended up having to cancel the last event because of the protest. But it really gave me a sense that I was doing the right things again. I was back on track. I was ready to go. And I, I had that level of intensity and focus and, and discipline that I had in 15. And um, uh, I had a cut. I had a tough go at back-to-back -to -back Q schools. I think we might've talked right after that. Cause I was in a tough, tough place after missing both those Q schools. And um, I was ready to go for 2020 and um, then COVID happened. And that's my short, short version of my professional golf career kind of leading up to this point. I know we're in 21 now, but we'll, we'll get to talking about the interim, but um, that's really what my careers look like. Um, it's been a lot of traveling. It's been a lot of uh, time by myself. Um, it's been different. You know, I, I've got a lot of really close friends that play on the PJ tour and um, it's tough. I, you know what? There's no way around that. I'll never sugarcoat that. It is so tough for me to watch my friends play out there when I'm at home. I mean, I want to be there so bad and there's a level, it's a two, it's a double-sided sword. It can motivate you, but can also bring you down. And, and I've tried to be conscious of that always. And that just really, I remember Bo said this, Bo Van Pelt said this in a meeting. He's like, just do what you can control. Just focus on how good you can be. Don't worry about anything else. I remember listening to it like, all right, like, but don't you have to learn from this person or that person to kind of get in. And he just was so adamant on, it's all about what you can control in his whole talk that he gave the Oklahoma state team. And it really kicked in when I was in China last year. And you know what? I was by myself in a different country trying to play golf. And my one objective until I got back home was to shoot the lowest score possible. And um, I did that a few times and it was fun. 
and it was awesome. I learned a lot about the world, learned a lot about uh, myself over there. And, um, you know, I was excited about the player that I was becoming, that I am now today. Um, Well, see, that's the point that I'd like to make if I can interject right here. Oh, go ahead. You know a lot of people that are famous golfers. You've played Mm -hmm. with them. You've lived with them, traveled with them, been around them. But really, their journey is what they're on, and your journey is what you're on. And yours is just a little bit different route. Mm -hmm. And I fully believe you have enough talent to play the PGA Tour. And you were talking about driving. Yeah, I would I would take you on as with a driver anytime. Yeah. You drive the ball well and you drive it straight. So, but all of that said, uh, so what? So what? It's a different journey. That's okay. That's, that's I, I look, I'm comfortable in it. I like, you know, I, I that's an, that's one thing that the maturity level that's I think come as as I've gotten older is I'm 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 comfortable with myself. I'm comfortable with um uh, you know where I'm at professionally. Um, it's just been because I'm 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 lucky. I really am. I'm lucky that I've been able to play golf at Oklahoma State. I'm lucky that I've been able to have a professional golf career, if you want to call it that. Like it's it's I've been able to pursue something that I, to my core, love to do, and not many people get to say that. No, so, they don't. And, and I, I will re- I will remind you that. Ben Hogan didn't win his first PGA Tour event until he was to almost 29 years of age. How old are you? 30. Okay. So, I'm as old as Bernie now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. But, but I would say this. Everybody's path is different. That's okay. Just keep fighting. Keep doing that. But yep. And I'm really proud of where you've come. I, yep. I would say between you and Kevin Doherty, to have two walk-ons in oh. fall of 2009 that are both still playing professional golf kevin on the corn ferry right now it's yeah that's a pretty good class that i didn't spend any scholarship money on <laughs> so. i mean kevin is i love following kevin's career because we had a lot of friction together at our time at oklahoma state because we were sure. both walk-ons and the same age and we were we were trying to we were trying to scale the same ladder it felt and there wasn't room for the both of us on it but it's been so cool to see how disciplined that kid is on his path and more than me and and i and, but he i really not many people work harder than kevin doherty like I true like to a core he's it really is. one of the most disciplined guys i've ever coached and yeah. it's fun to watch him he's going to be fine but so are you uh, there's no doubt what i'd like to talk about now is something that we intimated earlier and, and briefly sort of mentioned yeah but it's, it's the hangry project Mm-hmm. Most people don't know much about it. So I want to take this time to learn about it. For one, mm-hmm. I want people to know that there was something inside you, inside your head, but certainly inside your heart that got you going yeah. this direction. So I want you to tell everybody, all my listeners, mm-hmm. what it is, where it came about, what you're doing with it. It's an unusual, unusual way of introducing golf to a, another group of people in society. And I just yeah. think it's amazing. So jump in there, Brad. So, look, I always wanted to use golf. As I said, I always felt lucky that I was able to do what I do. I always wanted to use golf as a means to then give it back in some way, right? Like, I felt privileged and lucky that I was able to do it. So I always wanted to share my experience with with the game. And in 2018, I was in Brazil, and I, um, I wasn't playing great. I was playing quite terrible at the time and wasn't filled up. And, and I just thought some, and the, the main thought was I just felt I could, I could 
I always I could start that thing now. I didn't it didn't have to be when I'm on the PJ tour. I always thought, okay, when I get on the PJ tour, then I'll give back. But I was like, you know what? I'm smart enough. I could I can do this now. So the idea was this: is that when you when you're at the golf course and and you go and you're playing nine holes, you you make the turn, you go get a hot dog, you put it on your dad's account, or you give him a dollar and you go to the next. Well, people in the skateboarding community don't get to do that. And my brother is a skateboarder to his absolute core, and he's a creative person. He's um, he's a filmmaker and somebody that I really, even though he's younger than me, I really look up to. And he's followed his heart his whole life. And um, skateboarding is something that is extremely authentic and really just pure in like its roots and, and, and at its core. And I was like, you know what? There's no better, no better place to start than skateboarding, in my opinion, to give back because that's an overlooked, overlooked part of society. It's an overlooked group of people that a lot of people take from. A lot of people take in fashion. A lot of people take in culture from skateboarding. But I was like, you know what? Let's Let's give back to it. And, and I wanted to do it by really putting a fridge in a skate park and filling it up with food as a halfway house would be at a golf course. And that was the concept. And after I missed, it was second stage in, in that 2018, I was like, I've got about two months to do whatever I need to do. And I bought a fridge and I went to a place called Phipps Park down the street and I put a fridge in the, in the skate park and I filled it up with food. Some kids took the food did it the next two weeks and the kids took some food again. And, and um, I made a logo for it. I remember I, I wore the hoodie to a Christmas party and people are like, what is that? What is that? And I tell them like, that's really cool. I like that idea. And I like that logo. And I got a lot of positive feedback from it. And then that was 2019 came about and I played in China and it was great because I could run it while I was in China. I could keep the fridge full and it was a self-sustaining entity and didn't take too much of my time. And, um, it was really just, I could kind of start to see the, the fire that was lit at Phipps park with the kids there. And, you know, it was a good thing happening and, and it was, um, it was special to me to see an idea come to life. And then it really took its foothold when COVID happened. Um, because, you know, pro golf was no longer traveling internationally was no longer a thing. And it was, uh, I knew that in the back of my mind, the 10 to 15 kids that we supported that were always using the fridge, the hangry kids, as I'll call them, um, they didn't stop skating. They, they couldn't go to school. They couldn't go to the skate park and their parents still had to work. So in my mind, it was my responsibility to, to make sure that I gave them something to do to, so they weren't out in the street skating or getting into trouble because they're at that age, 14, 15, where they can find some trouble. And what I did was I came up with the idea. So why don't I introduce them to golf? Because it's the game that I love and I always wanted to. So why don't I take them to the golf course and teach them the game, how I see it, not how maybe this program puts it out or that program, but why don't we just line up a bucket of balls and have them hit away? And that's what we did. We took the kids to the golf course, the first tee of the Palm beaches, which let us use their range and lined up a bucket of balls and every Thursday on the end of last summer right around kind of August July we were able to go outside and I was able to teach the kids golf and it was amazing to see the athleticism and the enthusiasm that I got because this the skate park is a safe space for kids and the golf course can be very intimidating and I wanted to show them that the golf course can be another safe space that they can go to because it wasn't my childhood parents could drop me off the golf course and I could hit balls for hours 
hours and hours and hours. And I see that at the skate park, the parents drop them off and they skate for hours. So there's similarities there that all you got to do is just look and you can find, but not, not a lot of people have looked before. So that's, that's the hangry project up until now. And question, question. Yeah. Is it you alone doing this, uh, yeah. you know, as far as filling the fridge, as far as giving the golf lessons, all of that. Yeah. I, it, look, for the most part, I have some help. I don't have any structured help. It's not like I have employees and a whole team of all that nature. But you know what? I, yeah, I do fill the fridge up. Um, I am the one that's teaching them at the golf course. But I've got help from people like Drew Page, who played at Oklahoma State. I've got help from from the employees at Phipps, Frank and Derek and, and all those guys. They, If I'm gone, I can, hey, hey, here's 100 bucks. Can you go fill the fridge up? Absolutely. And that's the, the family and community, everyone kind of has each other's back as far as, as far as, you know, the, the responsibility of keeping the fridge full and making sure the kids are all right. But Drew's been an amazing, amazing, he tells the story as much as he can, which helps us out a lot. Um, and yeah, it's, but you know what, as far as the team, yeah, it's, it, I, I got a lot of responsibilities I have to take care of with it. That's, so. That is really amazing. Uh, first of all, I, I did, I wanted to ask this question when you yeah. first started talking about it. Yeah. So before you introduced them to golf, you were just putting food in a refrigerator. That's it. Did Did you meet the kids, or did they just think food magically appeared out of the sky? I mean, where... I, I kind of knew them. So that was I skated there. Skate culture is very. Um, you got to be wary of like you can't just show up. You know, you can't. You know, who's this guy at our park? Kind of thing. It's there's some territory to it. I skated there for a little bit, and I got to know everybody. And and that's, you know. I got to know the kids a little bit before I started filling it up. But once I did, then I really knew them. I'm like, Hey, there's Noah, you know, there's Jack. And now after summer camp, it's like, yeah, I know him pretty well. Yeah. Do you have golf planned for this summer? That's something that we've been talking about. We've been discussing what, what the options were because we have a lot of, you know, a lot of support for it. it. It was fun. We had a lot of kids show up and it's just a matter of my playing schedule and um if i'm able to be here now it, it's tough for me to expand because i there's got to be people in place that i trust and it's a very special thing to me and so i'm very uh, i take each step with caution um because i want to do the right things and i think you're smart to go slow because you can keep it alive mm -hmm. if you try to grow too big too fast it might not work and i like what you're doing never want to dilute the core of this project and, and and it's special to me and and i have my kind of finger on everything whether it's the fridge or the website or the the clothing or the instagram or the videos that we put out it's all i kind of see oversee all of it and 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 as me who still is pursuing golf i have to be very conscious of of how thin i spread myself um because I'm, I'm pretty I'll spread myself thin quicker than you can imagine. Like I'll, I'll take this on or this on or this on. And that's been a problem in my golf career is having hobbies and having interests. You know, that's Justin Thomas and I's one of our conversation. Like he doesn't have many hobbies. He doesn't go surfing. I'll go surfing if the waves are good, but there's a reason he is as good as he is. And he's a killer out there. Yeah, that's something I'm aware of is, is, you know, Hey, are we going to do this golf camp? Well, maybe cause I need to make sure that the tour, you know, rerunning a schedule this year, things like that. I knew, in, I knew in 2020, we were not playing and I was able to really dive into it. And, and in that same sentence, it really opened my heart up to how much I care about it, which is, you know, it's for important. Sure. So, well, I want to applaud you for just the, the, 
kind of heart that it took to decide you wanted to help these kids out, yeah. introduce them to the game. I think it's a great, great initiative. And I would like to revisit you two or three years down the road with respect to the Hangry Project. Yeah. Just see once it's grown a little bit bigger. But I also want to do this. I want We want to do two more things on this podcast today. Okay. One is I want to find out about your playing schedule, what you think you're going to play in this year. And then I want to do a speed round with you to finish. Oh, on. Speed round. I've never done a speed round before. Well, um, all right. No, the playing schedule is this. I, we, at the end of the day, the, the honest answer is we don't know. And on my level, because of all of my status, which I have status on the PJ tour, Canada, the PJ tour, Latino American PJ tour, China, all three of these borders are closed up right now, as we've seen WGC Mexico getting canceled. Now, they did just release that we had two events in Mexico and um, Ecuador. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. And, and I, would like to t I would like to say, hey, we're going to play. I'm ready to go again. Now, now, the mini tour level stuff, whether it's the minor league tour, which is amazing, and, and the Monday qualifying, that's available. But you have to understand, I did that for seven years, like really gutting those qualifiers out and traveling and, and doing the 10 hour car rides and, and eating McDonald's for breakfast every morning. I did that for seven years and it doesn't interest me as much as it did then. And that's the honest answer. And now, do I want to go play in tournaments and compete? Yeah, absolutely. But the main thing this year that is going to happen is Q school. And what I'm doing is, is just making sure that I, I finish. We, we did a film last year with the hangry kids. I want to finish this film the right way. And then I'm actually going to help one of my friends out catting for a little bit on tour on the LPGA tour. I'll, well, you'll find out later who it is. Okay. And, um, and then when I do that, then I'll be able to focus kind of midsummer on whether we're running a golf camp or I'm getting ready for Q school. So that's, that's kind of the gist of my, my golf schedule coming up. Well, sounds like to me, you certainly are progressing. I think you're loving what you're doing, which is great. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm most proud of just how you've matured and what you've grown into. That That's amazing. For a coach, there's, there's a lot of rewards while you're there, maybe a conference championship, maybe an All-American, whatever, you know, whatever, those kinds of things. Yeah. Those just pale in comparison to watching – Brad Gale at 30 and what he's doing with his life and how he's enjoying life and just what a good person you've turned out to be. That's the real reward for a coach. So I want you to know that. No, I appreciate that coach. I mean, look, it's, uh, it's, it's the podcast is called better than you found it. And it's just so telling. And it's one of my main rules when I'm trying to help the hangry kids out, whether it's, I remember I'll never, I'll tell this story. I'll never forget it was our senior year and we had a team meeting and it was not going well. We were not playing well. We left the team meeting and we were in the locker room sitting on the couches before practice. And you walked in and you had a Twix wrapper and I know who it was and I don't need to say who it was, but you had a Twix wrapper and you were in, you were furious <laughs> about that. Somebody, we had a team meeting and we left the room and you left a Twix wrapper. And I never understood why. I was like, it's a Twix wrapper, coach. Like, take it easy. We're trying to play, you know, we're, we're getting our teeth kicked in and we can't, we can't play worth a crap, but, and you're worried about a Twix wrapper. And I, it's just, it, it, it's, I realize now, now why it's important because I've got all these hangry kids. And, and a lot of the times when we, I've taken them places, whether it's the first tee or 
or lot 11 skate park or, or the, the PGA superstore was one of the days. And that was a crazy day where it was raining outside, but we had to teach him. And I remember I sat him down. I said, guys, what's our number one lesson? And they said, leave a space better than you found it. Mm. And, and it was just, and, and it was, and they said it. And I was so proud that they said that, but it was that I'm trying to teach these angry kids, the same things that you were trying to teach me. And it was funny because at the time I didn't get it, but now I kind of do. And, and I realize how important it is and, and leaving a place or a person better than you found it is, is one of the best things you can do in life. Yeah. My dad taught me that lesson 50, 55 years ago for the first time. And I just keep on reliving it. So I'm glad you remember the twixt moment. I remember that. <laughs> I remember you were heated. You were pretty heated. <laughs> I was pretty heated, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Brad. Well, let's do this speed round real quick okay. and finish right. on that. Um, so I'm going to ask these questions. You take as long as you need, but it's a speed round. So the turn. Oh, you're killing me. All, all right. right. All right. All right. All right. Favorite all time pro athlete? Uh, Tiger Woods. I mean, he's just the grit that he has overcome everything he has, Tiger. Okay. My next question was favorite pro golfer and why, but that may be Tiger again. Um, right now, I would say Rory. Okay. I, I, even though he's a peer in, in somebody that I, I've gotten to know like Rory. I think he's, he, I love, I love what I love his discipline and I love his honesty. That's awesome. Good to hear. Favorite fast food. Oh man. Uh, Taco Bell. That's not fair. <laughs> Favorite non-chain restaurant in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Non-chain restaurant in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um, what was it called? Cafe. Um, uh, can't remember Thai the cafe? What's that? Thai, Thai cafe. cafe. Yeah, Thai cafe. Thai cafe. That's my wife's favorite. Oh, uh, so good. It's really good. Yeah, Thai cafe. Okay. Shawshank Redemption or Remember the Titans? Remember the Titans. Good, good work. Uh, if you could only watch one event, which would you watch? The Colts in the Super Bowl mm -hmm. or Tiger Woods with a one-shot lead at Augusta in the final oh, round? Tiger Woods with a one-shot lead at Augusta. Okay. You're a pretty big Colts fan back in the day. Okay, favorite coach McGraw quirk. Quirk? Well, it's kind of an unusual thing about Coach McGraw. There's so many. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna make me say your outfit. Like it's always it's just it's bone on khaki always. And I'll like I'll never forget I would wear that sometimes, like in a tournament. I'd be out of clothes. I'm like, I'm gonna wear bone on khaki today. That's subliminal. I I, I got you. I'm a fashion god, really, when you think about it like that. Uh, best advice for junior golfers coming up, in your opinion? And it could be a couple of things or one thing, main thing you would say to a junior golfer aspiring to play. Hit it as hard as you want and have as much fun as you can. Mm, I do like that. Okay, that's good advice. Final question, your dream foursome, you and three other players, who are you playing with? Doesn't have to be a golfer, but you uh, and three other humans. So tough, man. Look, I'm not, my family is, there's four of us. It'll always be them, right? So my mom, my dad, my brother, and me out playing golf, always. Well, but if I, got to, if I had to have fun, you know what? Oh, man, I don't know. It's so, I, I've never, I don't know. I tell you what, if I like playing, let's just go playing today. Playing yeah. today. If I could, yeah. if I could pick a foursome out there, it'd be Jason Duffner, Justin Thomas, and Rory. I'd want to go kick it with those guys because nobody, nobody can give better crap than Duff. 
and then Justin's right there. And so they think they can give more and just the, and then Rory, I could watch him hit a drive all day long. Like it's, I could watch I, him hit a drive too. I all day long. I'd want it'd be, I'd take me and Rory versus JT and Duff. I'd do that okay. game day of the week. Get that going. Get that going. Well, Brad, thank you so much for spending the time with me today. It was special for me just because you're a former player. And as we said, you and I have a good history, uh, but I'm really proud of what you're doing with the Hangry Project. And is there a website people can go to just? Yeah, absolutely. We've got thehangryproject.com and then our Instagram, which is probably our most current feed that we have of our information is just at Hangry Project. And both of those um, I'm, I'm running and I oversee. And, and please, anybody that's listening to this, it's their first time hearing about it. Reach out to me directly, whether it's on my Instagram or, or the Hangry Project or our website. You can donate there. But you know what? I coach. It's it's been special for me too, and um, you know I appreciate you having me on. Well, it was great having you, Dan. Best of luck as you get back into playing competitive golf this spring. Absolutely, coach. Absolutely. All right, Brad. Take care.